Welcome to the Agents of Game Podcast. I am Dave. Terrific. And Dan. Sean. And Sean. Sean. <laughs> Bueller. I'm Sean. <laughs> Hi, Sean. Your voice sounds so different. Because I have a cold. I'm sorry you have a cold. <laughs> And welcome to this week of Scintillating Entertainment. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what that was. <laughs> that was the extent of my acting skills right there. I I think you deserve an award of some sort. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna give you definitely deserve an award. If we're gonna give Bob Dylan an award for the Nobel Prize for Literature, we could probably I give you some that. sort of award for I something. Mean, no offense to Bob Dylan, but really? The Nobel Prize? I mean, hasn't there been hasn't there been some questionable Nobel Prize winners recently anyway? Yes, yes, there have. I mean, he was if you count writing the lyrics for music literature, he was incredibly influential in the entire that entire scene um in Greenwich Village back in the day, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, congratulations Dan, here's your Oscar. Yeah. Uh, in video game news this week, um, Skylanders Imaginators and, more importantly, Battlefield 1 are releasing. If you have EA Access, which I highly recommend, you might already be playing Battlefield 1. Um, and next week, there will be Sid Meier's Civilization 6 and The Last Guardian are coming. Actually, no, didn't The Last Guardian get pushed back again? I need to change it that. Well, blue. ignore me. Um, I think that's pushed back to December, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they'll probably be pushed back to April and then yep. to 2019. And by then, the game will have been in development for 10 years. And it'll be great. What they need to do is release it like it is now in the alpha version. And then they can continually charge money for greater updates once they hit the beta version, etc. <laughs> There you go. I'm a marketing genius. Well, you know, given it's been in development since, what, 2008, 2009, it should be ready, right? That's crazy. <laughs> when, what, what's another month or two going to do? It just better be It just better be the most amazing game anyone's ever played, I'm telling you. That's crazy. I don't know. It's At this point, it's almost like the Avatar movies to me. I was so psyched for a new Avatar after the first one. But it's been something like five years now, and the second one still isn't out. I'm just losing interest. The same way for me with this game. Yep. Just not interested anymore. Yeah. Well, and in recent releases, uh, I imagine, Dan, you'll probably talk about this a little bit. Uh, Mafia 3 came out, and PlayStation VR is a thing. Yeah, how's that been getting received? I've read a few reviews for some of the games. They're kind of mixed. But, um, um, it's been really mixed. A lot of people say PlayStation VR is terrible. Don't waste your money. A lot of people saying it are saying it's really, really good, and it's you know a good first taste of what virtual reality is going to be. Um, and there are a lot of people in the middle. I haven't played with it yet, so I don't know. Yeah, I uh, the one I read said it's just too too much down the middle road, like doing all the obvious things with the VR, but nothing special. 
But I, that's why I figure VR is going to be like that in general across the board. It, you know, give it three generations and then they'll start pushing it more. But Well, and that's the thing. Even PlayStation admits that this is the first step in a process. Um, uh, and and pretty much everything is it's going to take some steps just to get the technology developed, get developers behind it, get consumers in. Um, my only fear is that with it taking steps, um, how how many times are cons- how many times are we going to be asking consumers to invest before we get you know good VR? Mm-hmm. Um, now Microsoft's taking an interesting spin on that, given that I mean the the current Hololens is for um, developers and enterprise applications. There are a lot of businesses that are using it um, and that they're raving about it, and it, it's good for that. But it's not a consumer version yet, given that you know the computer's built in and it's three thousand dollars for it. But there are some rumors coming out, um, and we'll be putting I had an interview with Microsoft about this we'll be getting out pretty soon but uh, uh, it looks like um, they're going to be opening up that entire um, infrastructure and releasing it on Windows 10 next year Um, and they confirmed to me in the interview that you should be able to use for example Destination Mars is in conjunction with NASA you can actually tour Mars and right now oh, it's only cool. available either if you own a HoloLens or if you go to NASA's um, tourist area in Florida. Um, but basically, given that they said they're, they're releasing the uh, the infrastructure, uh, as uh, it's going to be on Windows 10 next March, and it's going to be usable on other AR and VR devices, you could potentially be doing that... Uh, some of those programs on an Oculus Rift or other devices. Mm. That um, sounds amazing. And it really is because, you know, HoloLens is designed as a mixed reality device where you could interact with reality, but a lot of the programs don't necessarily require that. And so, like, they have some programs where you could tour famous locations throughout the world, which is great, so you don't actually have to go to famous locations throughout the world, but that could be in a VR just as easily as an AR or mixed reality, as Microsoft likes to call it. Um, so, but uh, they um, beyond that, it looks like there's going to be a newer edition of the Hololens out in 2017. Um, that's going to be a multi-year process of them developing newer, newer systems because at a three thousand dollar price point, they're just not going to sell that to consumers. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, they're not. And I droned on way too long about that. If you yeah. want to know something else interesting, my store uh, recently got a box of off-market virtual reality headsets. I don't know anything about them. <laughs> but uh, it's it's the new thing, apparently. Now, are they real virtual reality headsets, or is it basically just a headset that you attach your phone to? I'm assuming it's something like that, where you just attach your phone to it. Like I said, I haven't had a chance. They're not on the sales floor yet. I don't know anything about them. Well, let's just hope it's not designed for the Galaxy Note 7. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, everybody, go attach this to your face. I heard they discontinued them completely at this point. Well, not just discontinued them, but they're offering all their customers a hundred dollars to switch I'll to a different device. I'll actively recall them. Yeah. 
Um, but some people are saying they're not going to send theirs back. I want my product. I don't care if it's going to blow a hole in my pants. Well, and I read something where the this poll, they took 40% of the current owners of Samsung phones aren't purchasing a Samsung again. That's a huge migration, man. Insane. That does seem a bit excessive. I have a, a Galaxy 7 Edge, and... That's what I'm I mean, getting, uh, it's not this week. perfect, but it's a decent phone. Um, it's a cool design. I uh, really don't use the Edge features, but um, I would much rather have this kind of phone than an iPhone. So, <laughs> but I I've never been an Apple fan anyway. So take my advice with a grain of salt. Hello, I'm kind of curious about the new Google phone. If there's if there's anyone out there who picks that up, um, I'd be uh, interested to hear what your thoughts are on it. Um, yeah, I guess we had more general stuff to talk about than we thought. <laughs> 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 Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, so I haven't been playing. I've been, like I said, I was out of town last week, um, so we didn't have an episode, and I've been hammered with other things. So I haven't played a whole lot, but... Uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five had their Motorcycle Club DLC come out, um, and we were right and wrong in our prediction on that. It was a very similar to the CEO missions that they came out with earlier in the year, um, but it is a lot more fleshed out, and they do have a few options you could do in private rooms, but again, it's mostly public rooms where you run the risk of being griefed the whole time you're doing it. And they but, don't require you to spend every dime you have to get started and do every mission they, they tone that down a little bit which is nicer yeah it is definitely a step up from that um but the, a lot of the new motorcycles are pretty sweet um oh, the new yes are, yeah the new missions as long as you're not being griefed are, are a lot of fun as well they did just add two new uh motorcycles this week the um as well the uh well there's a motorcycle and there's like a three-wheeler yeah car-ish thing yeah, that's and actually it's so funny because I remember when they announced the motorcycle club, uh, a ton of posts were asking for that vehicle, the three wheel. I can't remember what it's called in real life, but they're asking for it. So I think it's funny because I actually there's a motorcycle shop here that I stop into every once in a while here in Lincoln, and they have them up front. And I'm just like, ah, oh, that just looks like it'd be fun to drive. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I was really surprised to see that. So they must have been planning on it. But uh, yeah, so they added two more bikes. And the Damon was actually my chopper of choice before this DLC, or before they, well, really before they started adding motorcycles, because they've added a few that I like better now, but uh, but the Damon was my go-to motorcycle when the game first came out. Um, and yeah, aside from that, uh, I haven't been playing a lot. I did pick up um, uh, Slayer Shock, just released for, for PC, um, for people from Nebraska, the developers, the developer of that, uh, David Pittman, is from Nebraska. Well, at least he went to the University of Nebraska. Um Spent some years there, and it's set in Nebraska, um, as we talked about. Say, doesn't it take place? Yeah. Yes. Um, so there may be some locations that are familiar to people who have hung out around um, around the university. Um, I, I am not sure that I could get behind a video game set in Nebraska. It is not a very exciting place. <laughs> well, you'll be killing zombies. You know that makes it slightly more exciting. And uh, he's how be many having... cornfields do you have to drive through to find? the zombie <laughs> uh, there are cornfields in the game i have not yet played it yet i haven't had time to but uh there's he's working on the halloween update 
uh, for that, which will add werewolves and a few other things as well. So I will let you know about okay. that once I get a chance to play it. <laughs> and then there's Battlefield 1, and I will let Dan talk more about that. But uh, I've been having a lot of fun with that. The maps that are in the in the full game are significantly improved to the what was in the beta. Um, mm-hmm. And at least based on the like the tutorial intro mission, I'm really psyched to get into the single player campaign on that. Um, but that's basically what I've been playing right now, and hopefully next week I'll have a fingers crossed. Hopefully I have a lot more to talk about about what I'm playing. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So are you going to talk about streams. Battlefield One, Dan? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, Battlefield One. If uh, did you already say that if you're an access member, Dave, about being able to play it early? Um, I think I mentioned that it uh, it releases next week. But that yeah, if you have uh, EA access, which I highly, highly recommend, you could be playing it right now. Yeah, yeah. And just to plug for EA access real quick, best deal, one of the best deals you can get. Honestly, like it's not hyperbole. Like just so good. You get you get free games. And right now, dude, in the last two months, it's been almost six games for free. Um, by by time the end of the year comes, it's just crazy. Well, and it's thirty dollars uh, a year, and I got ten percent off of Battlefield One because of it. So yep, yep, you get bonuses for, or you get yeah, yeah, the discounts on games when you buy them. You get the free games, you get the demos and the trial periods of full games, and you get um, well, yeah, I guess that's it. But um. Yeah, just such a good deal, man. There's, I mean, there's no reason. We, I think we've talked about being a no-brainer for sports games on here before. But if you're a sports person and you play FIFA and Madden and and all their their UFC game, this is the best way to do it. If you're not like a super hardcore gamer, but you just like to play their games when they come out, you just wait an extra six months and you get it for free. Well, and even but, uh, if you're not and you a get to sports keep it gamer, as long as your access. Yeah, and even if you're not a sports gamer, what Mirror's Edge that came out in what March is coming out is already in December. Free. It's going to be free in December. Yeah, and, uh, and it, Star Wars Battlefront is going to be free in yep. December. And you know these—they're not just giving away crappy titles. These are fresh, relatively fresh titles that are AAA games. That you know, I'm going to be getting it for in free. the case. Yeah, in the case of Mirror's Edge, I bought that day one because I, I loved the first game. And I knew it wasn't going to be like a long experience or anything because it's not like a sandbox game or co-op game or multiplayer to it. It's just single player. But I love the series enough. But dude, uh, and I felt like I got my $60 worth of it. But for free, that is just amazing. It's an amazing game for free. Um, and then Battlefront, with the improvements they've made to it, I guarantee they're going to sell... Tons more their season pass content from giving the game for free. It's just like a free to play model because it's been improved so much. It's such a good game, but uh, they still haven't fixed the whole play with friends thing. But uh, maybe that doesn't matter to people as much as it does to me. But yeah, anyway. So yeah, EA Access is playing it. We started playing it yesterday, and um, immediately in the campaign, you can tell it's different in a good way. Like. It's it's based on um, historical events from World War One. Obviously, they're taking uh, their own like uh, video game philosophies to make it more interesting. You know, um, like I doubt that 
the tank crew that was in their tank took on like a hundred guys and six tanks at once. Maybe they did. I don't know. I didn't look it up yet, but <laughs> no, I, I um, don't think so. <laughs> but the, but it's based on those battles and they took certain stories and they're telling them in the game. And I think that's really cool. And so you start out in the, in the game as the tutorial, you're starting out as these people who died in world war one and they read a excerpt from their journal entry when you die. But, um, but it's just introing different parts of the combat and different things. And uh, it's just a really cool, but it's just gorgeous. It looks beautiful. It plays good. And the gameplay is really, uh, for single player, the gameplay has a lot of variety. Like, you start out with the tank crew as your first story um, for your first six missions. And, um, and you uh, have stealth missions. You have pure tank missions. You have uh, pure, like, just balls to the wall combat missions all within those six six missions and they do a really good job with that so i was i really enjoyed it I was really i'm really excited to play the campaign actually and that's one of the things that dice has struggled with is making their campaigns interesting a lot of people love the bad company games because the characters were really interesting they did a real good job with it but other than that their campaigns have been received very mildly but uh so i'm i'm pretty pumped for that the multiplayer on the other hand as Dave said, the beta level was worrisome, and they do still have uh, some levels that have an open, uh, open ground combat for the objectives. Uh, but the desert was was the worst level in the game. The ones we've been playing in the full game have been amazing, and I specifically really have enjoyed the urban maps, like uh, Amiens or something. If any of you know. France, you'll know how to pronounce it properly. I'm guessing I'm pronouncing it wrong, but um, uh, is probably my hands down my favorite map so far. But there's a few other like urban ones that are really good. But it just it sets a tone for the combat, and it just looks gorgeous, and it's great when you're moving through the streets and you have like ten of your teammates around you, and you're all moving and and covering positions, and it's just it's just a great immersive experience in multiplayer. But um, easily. I, I don't know if you would agree with me, Dave, but easily five to ten battlefield moments in that map, easily per match. I mean, it's just awesome moments. Oh, I just love it. But uh, yeah. go ahead. Were, were you gonna say anything else? Oh uh, no, I was just gonna say yeah, oh, okay. definitely. It's uh, the fights are epic. I get my face blown off in every conceivable way possible. It's been it's been good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so much bad luck in that game. Um, yeah, plus it doesn't help that I suck with semi-automatic weapons, and most of the guns that you start out with are semi-automatic and iron sights. So it's kind of a pain in the butt when uh, when that's all you had to work with. You do get to unlock new guns and stuff as you level up. But, um, but it's just a really good game. They, uh, as far as like the functionality goes, the controls are really good, and you can customize every everything for your controls down to the color of your crosshair, the color of your crosshair when you get a hit on somebody, the color of your crosshair when you get a headshot on somebody, the color of your crosshair when they die so you know you don't have to keep looking at them, uh, the size of the crosshair for your damage dealt. So if you get a really good headshot, the crosshair bounces big and in that color. And then if you get just body shots, it's like small and in that color. So it's lots of information in front of you instead of having to guess or look around your screen on the HUD to find it. 
I really like that. You have customizability for zoom zoom speeds for your guns. So if you like a certain sensitivity when you're zoomed in with a close quarters weapon compared to a sniper rifle, you have different sensitivities for each of those. Um, you have your control over your sensitivities for your uh, um, vehicle turrets. Uh, they, For me personally, they tend to start out really high. Um, and I don't like that for my turrets. And so I take it down low and it just is great that I'm able to do that. Uh, Battlefront does not let you do that, and it's really annoying. But um, so there's just there's a lot of things you can just tell that they they're learning from the other games they put out, and they are improving. And it's just this could be their like their masterpiece. Um, it, yeah, I can see it being received really well by the community and review wise and sales wise. I just it's just really well done there i mean there are some issues uh, we were running into some glitches today but uh hopefully my my guess and hope is that the day one patch will fix a lot of them and that we just haven't got a day one patch yet because it technically hasn't released yet but um that is highly optimistic though so we'll see yeah anything to add to that dave i don't know it sounds pretty cool it is i seriously it's it could be uh it could be the new, the new shooter, team-based shooter, man. It's just oh, so good. Mm, but, um, that's pretty high praise. Yeah, and I've always been a fan of Battlefield, though. So take that for what that is. But uh, but yeah. So once it releases, people get that game. Uh, the other game and we will play it lots. Yes, play it <laughs> lots. Oh, and that's the other thing. They're adding some new modes that have never been in Battlefield before. So. Now, in our experience, remember we played, uh, a lot of the servers were empty for those modes, and that tends to happen with games. Uh, people are com very comfortable playing with what they know, and it's like, and I believe I've talked about it before, in Battlefield 4, they added Obliteration, which is a great game mode for keeping the action moving and experiencing the whole map, experiencing combat the whole time. Snipers are not good in that game mode because you're constantly moving around the map and so you get infantry to infantry combat just that just isn't matched but hardly anybody played it after the first week it came out because it requires more thinking than the other modes and um it's not as familiar so if you go in to try it your first time you're probably lost so but anyway that's my assumption of why war pigeons seriously there was not there's a game mode called war pigeons where you control you have to control this pigeon uh, coop and once you control it for a certain amount of time, you can call in artillery on the enemy position. And so it's just a tug of war on whoever controls it. And then um, I think it was a ticket-based game as well, like Conquest. But uh, um, nobody, not one server had one person in it every time I looked. And I was just so disappointed because I wanted to try wow. it out really bad. Yeah. The other mode we did get in um, was Operation Mode, which is a new mode as well. And it's... Um, 64 players, and they have the map. So the way they have it set up is the map is divided in five sections, and the attacking team has to take all the sections on the map to progress to the next area. Um, but they get three chances to do it. So if they fail, they get three chances to try to come back. And when they fail, they get a behemoth um, vehicle, which in the map we were on, it was a huge blimp that just rained down uh, fire on the map and it's supposed to help you but if the pilot doesn't know what they're doing then 
you don't really get a whole lot of help. <laughs> but uh, a lot of people don't realize, I think, that you can take flags with these behemoths or direct them at all in some cases. But, but anyway, um, but what the goal is is to take the whole map and then you progress into the next map, which is a whole new level. But the hook is that um, in most games, when you progress, when you get done with one level and go to another, it's just a whole other level. And this one, when you look back behind you, it's your old battlefield. So um, oh, That's a nice touch. Yeah, so it's just kind of like a, a continuation. They also made it because they said that they wanted a mode. That one of the complaints they hear from Battlefield players is that they get taken out of combat too much to load the next match. And this mode is created to be a one-hour uh, one battle so that people are fighting more instead of playing for 15 to 20 minutes and then um, loading the next map or the next round. This is meant to be like a continuous fight. And uh, so more of the hard, yeah, hardcore, hardcore crowd. But uh, yeah, so Battlefield 1 is going to be good. I, I will give that my guarantee right there. Um, if you're a shooter and you like, if you've liked any of the old Battlefields, then you're going to love Battlefield 1. Plus just the setting. I mean, World War 1, that was a, Whoever made that decision, I was worried about it going to World War because I was just like, how are they going to make it interesting? But it is, it is just really good. And I believe they've taken liberties, obviously, for gameplay reasons. But, um, but it just, yeah. I, one of the reasons why I loved Call of Duty was because of the historical settings of Call of Duty 1 and 2 and the um, modern warfare uh, Iraq, Afghanistan type combat and setting of Modern Warfare Four, or uh, Modern Warfare One, but Call of Duty Four. Um, those those intrigued me, and that's part of what I loved about it. And obviously, they decided to go more futuristic, and that's fine if that's you know what they want to do. But for me personally, I like the authentic experience more than the futuristic. Like that's why I love Rainbow. That's why I love Ghost Recon. And um, so I I just yeah I'm just in love with it. Can't wait. And speaking of historical, the other game I've been playing is Mafia Three. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Mafia the Mafia series has always been a more realistic um, game series for the sandbox genre. Uh, so like um, uh, like GTA, except GTA goes more, you know, like uh, over the top and crazy kind of yeah it's more of a farce of reality rather than um, a reflection of reality correct you mean i can't yep. just run up to somebody and pull them out of their car and drive off with it <laughs> oh, you, well you can do that in mafia <laughs> yeah. as well but it's more of the, the way they present society in gta is um it's uh outlandish rather than realistic yeah, i understand what you're saying um yeah and that's and i love that that take on it, you know, and that makes it entertaining for sure. The thing, one of the things I've loved about the Mafia series, um, it got its start in 2001 as well, um, but is that they did a more realistic take, like the driving was more realistic. Um, they had a more realistic response from police compared to GTA where speeding would get you pulled over. This one, they changed it uh, where speeding doesn't get you pulled over anymore, but um, other crimes still will will uh, get police after you but uh 
Um, so speeding could get pulled over. You had uh, simulation driving. In this one, they made it an option where you could do simulation or not. I prefer the arcade driving. But um, uh, so it's like a, just a more realistic type feeling. But in this one, because they have you play as a black man in a 60s um, South setting in Louisiana, uh, it's a very, uh, very gritty um experience because of that <laughs> it is not for the faint of heart um and the thing is they didn't do it to be controversial they did it to uh they did it as um a respect to material by representing how it was and the story kind of is told because of how it was if that makes sense so um it's not just there it's not just there for shock factor which i'm sure part of it is you know i mean it, it could could be there for part of that, but it's also there because that's how it was, and that's how they want to display the. You know, if you had if you had this gritty world there, and then people were just um, talking like everything was a fairy tale, then you know it just wouldn't have the same effect. Yeah. So yeah. So you're it, right. So it it definitely uh, definitely is not faint of heart, but it because of it, it is it definitely sets a tone, and. Um, yeah, it's just it's really solid. The the voice acting is amazing, and the characters are done really well. Um, technical wise, I ran into issues. I've actually stopped playing it because the game keeps kicking me out, and it keeps doing a a, a home screen crash. So it just crashes back to the Xbox home screen. Uh oh. And uh, it's been doing that for a lot of people, so it's something that's happening, and they they got to know about. It. So I'm just waiting for a patch because every time it happens. I'm literally in middle of a mission, getting like walking up to the boss. Like the last time it happened to me, I was like ten feet away from him. And uh, and you can be non-lethal or lethal in your boss encounters. If you keep them alive, then you get added income to your district. If you kill them, then you get immediate income, but it's not permanent, um, or it's not continuous. But uh, anyway, and it crashed me to the da the desktop. And so then I went in again, and but I wasn't able to get to him in pure stealth, so uh, it played out differently where the first time I was because I was just impatient because I wanted to get there again. But so, it, but that happened to me like three or four times on, and it was always on a mission, always, you know, in that area where I had to redo everything to get there again. And so I'm just like, you know what? I'd rather not, <laughs> I'd rather not hate the game and keep playing it when th with this happening. I'd rather just let them fix it and then get back to it. That that is very frustrating. You're right. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, so technical wise, there are some issues. There's other graphical issues I've run into where all the textures turn into like PlayStation Two or Three graphics, and it doesn't go away until it loads a cinematic or um, I reload the game. <laughs> there's another one where a flashbang goes off. It's not a real flashbang. There's no flashbangs in the game, but it see it acts like a flashbang goes off. Where somewhere on the screen. This white light starts growing until the whole screen is white, and then it goes away. But everything has this like brightness to it. And then like one time, my guy—I'm guessing it's because he had black skin—was really purple. And in the cinematic, it didn't go away, so it looked really oh, weird. Wow. He's like purple, and everybody else is like these white glowing people talking to him. <laughs> and it just—it <laughs> just looks weird. But um, is that the LSD version, perhaps <laughs> the acid trip version? Yeah. But and then another time it happened, it went away after it like came in and was really bright, and I couldn't see where I was driving, and then it went away, and it like went back to the 
normal and it's just really weird but uh it's like am i having do i have a tumor or is this like a game thing going on <laughs> but um yeah Why not both <laughs> yeah but uh but no it it is really good and um but it is very very mature so i mean one of the collectibles of the game are old playboy magazines if that gives you any idea of how that was uh, that. That's still a thing, apparently. I knew they were doing it for Mafia Two, but apparently yep. they're doing it for Mafia Three as well. You don't have to look at them though. They uh, they have the magazine, so it's just the cover. So if you want to get the collectibles, that's all you have to see. They never make you look at anything. But good to know. Don't let your ten year old play this game. Very good. What <laughs> he already is. <laughs> He's doing it right now on his school night. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm a great parent. You're the best dad ever. <laughs> uh, those are the two. Here. It's all good. Yeah. Um, those are the two games I've been playing, though. Um, I haven't really got into XCOM 2 a lot because of other games. I played XCOM on my PC until it crashed. So I just haven't, uh, I just haven't got a lot into it because there's this part that I dread, how they start the campaign. I'm getting to, and I think I'm getting close. And I'm just like, psychologically, I'm just not ready for it yet. So <laughs> I keep putting it off. Indeed. So uh, Matt, what have you been playing lately? I am sticking with Fantasy War Tactics. I am generally a one game guy. I play the game until I get bored with it, <laughs> and then I move on. Um, so I still haven't gotten bored with this one yet. Uh, the developers just released the Halloween content patch, and that has a lot of uh, new stuff in it. There's a new um, skin, I guess is how you'd put it. They call it a costume, but it's a new skin for your main character. And what it does is while you have it equipped, it changes the graphics for his special skills. So there's ghosts instead of fireballs when you cast um, oh, cool. the fire spell. And um, and it for uh, I, I'm assuming there's a, a player base that wants, you know, the ability to be a, play as a female character. This one is a female skin. So... Witch or something, That's, or just straight up female? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a Halloween themed skin, so she's got a witch. Uh, there's this one is the White Witch, oh, okay. and I've I've read that they're going to release a Black Witch version. So this one is white with a nice, you know, the classic witch hat and everything. Gotcha. And I think a broom instead of a staff. Yeah. <laughs> so, cool. so it's a little bit fun, but it's also there for people that you know he defaults the main character defaults to a, a guy and there was a limited time event where you could get a female skin of him. And now you've, they've got another female skin for those people that want to play that. So that was uh, pretty cool. They also released a new uh, gear system and basically the way that the game is monetized, how they fund it, is by you buy your gems and then basically you use those gems to buy gear and the gear is what you need to really raise your characters up past the basic 
the basic level. Like, if you had nothing but basic gear, some of the final um, map stages, like the basic general story stages, would be very difficult to complete. Mm-hmm. So you have to increase your gear quality as you go, and that's how you get stronger characters because the the level cap is... Um, they do tiered levels so every you get to one level cap and then you upgrade them and you get to another level cap and upgrade them again and the level cap is five stars with 70 levels and without any gear at all the characters are even at that max stage they're actually very weak (laughs) Mm -hmm. so but uh, anyway they released one it's been about a month ago i suppose maybe a little bit more and they were called Rainbow Cuckoos. And a cuckoo is like this mechanical cat creature that you'd see if you look at any of the uh, promotional stuff. It's like kind of their their little symbol for the game. But you would uh, buy these cuckoos and then they pop out the random, uh, the random gear that you get. And a lot of people were upset because these have, they used to before this patch, excuse me. So before the patch, they would drop more set items, and the sets have the extra bonuses and stuff like that, so that's what people wanted. But they would not necessarily be the sets that were advertised. Mm-hmm. So they were called chance-up sets. So you had a higher chance, supposedly, of getting these other sets, but you could theoretically get any set out of the game. And so a lot of people didn't like that because... <laughs> they would see a specific set they would have a higher chance and then they would roll through like you know 20 or 30 of these and they'd get a full set but it's not the set that they wanted so people stopped buying them and now they've changed them to only give you the advertised (laughs) sets but you get fewer uh, set items per 10 capsules Ah. So <laughs> so it was before it was guaranteed that you'd get at least three, and now it's only guaranteed that you get at least one. And they supposedly have also raised the success rate for the higher tier gear. And there's a lot of talk on Reddit and around the community that it's not really higher or whatever. But I don't know. It's only been a day since it's been out. So <laughs> it's too early to say for sure. Um, so to promote this, what they're doing right now is they're doing a login event where you get a free, uh, a free roll of 10 capsules. So you're guaranteed at least one of the set items that you are, that they've, that they're advertising this week and they're doing it yesterday. Well, today was the first day. Then there's, uh, tomorrow. Today, tomorrow, and Friday. No, tomorrow's Friday, Saturday. Today, tomorrow, and Saturday. And so you can get these gear just for logging in. And what you get, you know, you never know. <laughs> That's kind of the the point of the game. Is it's like a, kind of like a lottery or a casino type thing. You know, you put uh-huh. in your coins 
and they spit you out some stuff. It may be the really good stuff. It may not be. It just kind of depends on your luck. But um, the amount of gear basically that they're giving away, each of those costs um, a certain amount of crystals for 10 of the drops. And it ends up being somewhere in the neighborhood of $80 or so that they're giving away. If you were to buy the crystals to buy all those gear drops, that's how much you'd spend. Dang. Um. So it's, it's a really good opportunity if you've been playing the game, if you want to get some quick gear, um, you can still start. Uh, it You might have missed... You might miss it by the time that the podcast is is released. But... <laughs> yeah, I haven't logged in for about yeah. a week almost. I need to log in and check that out. So, um, other than that, they've also been talking about rebalancing some of the heroes. Right now, there's a particular one. He's an orc named Crute. And I don't know what they were thinking, but, like, naked without any gear... At the highest level, he's, like, got twice as many stats as any other character. <laughs> Dang. And so when you put gear on him and and they have uh, potentials on the gear that will multiply your stats by percents. So those percents add up much faster on him than on other characters. So he's incredibly strong and you see him everywhere. Um, <laughs> I bet you can, you can still grind him out. He's still going for another week. I think you can still get him. Um, but let's see. He's probably on the list. There's going to be, I'm sure, some other stuff. A lot of people have their fingers crossed that they will, um, kind of buff some of the weaker heroes. But like I said about Hearthstone last week, it, it's usually the the top stuff that gets nerfed down to a, a lower level. <laughs> But we'll just have to see how that goes. Yeah, it seems like it's a con- just a constant struggle. Man, that's one thing about being a developer that I'd hate. Mm-hmm. Just always dealing with, oh my gosh, with uh, <laughs> having to balance and rebalance and deal with, deal with people uh, breaking the game and cheating and modding and just all that stuff. It'd just be uh, mind-boggling. Well, and I don't know how hard it is or how easy it is to cheat in this game, but I know they have um, programs that can can recognize cheating. I've seen people complain about being falsely accused of cheating by the game. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things that if someone is really interested and someone's really driven, they're going to figure it out. <laughs> and you just yep. have to be better and faster than they are, you know? Yep. So... But, uh, yeah, so that's Fantasy Vortex. Oh, there's there's a new character that they're also releasing. And it seems like they're going to wait until the end of the week when uh, the Crute, uh, when his stage goes out of rotation. Um. So he's supposed to be a zombie character, and I think his name is Lucas, if I remember right. So if you want to have a zombie on your team... Now's a good chance to get it. Get one. <laughs> well, I do want a zombie on my team, but I don't know if I want Lucas the zombie. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the production art or any of the sneak peeks for him. Unfortunately, they are based out of Korea. I think South Korea. Well, obviously, it's not South Korea. They wouldn't be North Korean. 
<laughs> oh, North Korea's big in the indie development scene. <laughs> so their main website is is in Korean, and they do a pretty good job of, of updating the English website, but a lot of the smaller stuff tends to slip through the cracks. They get all the major stuff, and, you know, like, we've got our own our English version of the patch notes, etc. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the smaller developer stuff, they don't translate that, and so it ends up being lost unless somebody is really cool and translates it from Korean into English for us. So, but other than that, uh, Hearthstone's nerfs went live last week. Um, I haven't, again, really played the game in a month or so. Uh, it just unfortunately got a little bit stale, and there's really nothing you can do about it, you know? Sometimes you just need a break from a game, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, so. as much as I love ESO and I love GTA, those are probably the two most loved games I have right now. Uh, I even need breaks from games I just absolutely love. It yeah. happens. Speaking of Blizzard, I completely uh-huh. forgot about this earlier, but um, the uh, did you get a chance to read that article I posted on the podcast page? I did see the article. I did not get a chance to read it. Um, apparently, Tom Chilton, who's been the game director uh, for Warcraft, yep. um, is leaving that team after being there for 12 years, and he's still going to be working at Blizzard, but he's on an unspecified project. Interesting. So, yeah. let the speculation begin. I, well, I think I think you guys are probably right a while ago when you were saying that there might be a Diablo MMO or something basically trying to push I think it's either going to be either a new IP or a big alteration of an existing IP um, yeah. into a new like basically changing the genre of it or something it's just it's really hard to get into MMOs and that's the thing about World of Warcraft is that it was like the the lightning in a bottle the right time yep. the right team and all that stuff so yeah, yeah it, I'd be surprised if it was another MMO, but it would be cool to see them do more stuff with their other IPOs. Yeah. Like, um, you know, Heroes of the Storm is their MOBA battle arena type game, and that draws characters from all of their games. Yeah. So maybe they're doing something similar to that. Who knows? Only the Shadow knows. <laughs> I did find out definitively that Final Fantasy XV is probably not coming to PC anytime soon, so I was sad about uh, that. Oh, really? It is definitive? Because I saw something that it might be coming to uh, Xbox as well. I Yeah, I think they're releasing it for PlayStation and Xbox, but not the PC. So. Which game was that? Final oh, wait, you're talking, about the, uh, yes. you're talking about the uh, camp, the story, single player, not the MMO. Oh, yeah, no, not Final Fantasy fourteen. That's been out for okay. a long time. Okay. That's what I thought you were talking about. Sorry. I keep forgetting no, that. That's the new one that's coming out. It's supposed to be yeah. November. Gosh, I forgot. I just looked this up two weeks ago. Yeah, it is. Uh, I November yeah. 29th. I played you, both. Dave. I played both demos of that, and I just could not get into it. Uh, the new combat system, I just can't wrap my head around it. <laughs> So I just had, I just I'm I was excited for it and then I did the two demos and I just can't. Yeah, well, I, don't know. I played Final Fantasy One, Final Fantasy 
2, which was actually Final Fantasy 4, and Final Fantasy 3, which was Final Fantasy 6. Sorry, because I'm going by the Super Nintendo releases. Um, Final Fantasy 6 is still probably, it's easily the top three games that I've ever played. It's absolutely yes. fantastic. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy VII is also really high up there. I, I don't know if I'd say that it beats six, but it was amazing. Then Final Fantasy VIII, things, they kind of started trying new things, and it didn't quite work out as well, and the story didn't really make a whole lot of sense in eight. I don't know if you ever played it. Uh-uh. It was a time travel story, and it it was just very confusing. And then Final Fantasy IX, they really went off the reservation, and they went for kind of like a full-on fantasy thing, and that was probably the least, uh, the least well-received Final Fantasy in recent memory. Um, um, but uh, then Final Fantasy X came along, and it was a really good game, but it just didn't have that same replay value that a lot of the other ones did. And then after that, Final Fantasy XI, they tried to break into the MMO thing, and I didn't follow them with it. So I, have never, I haven't played Final Fantasy XI. I've played maybe 20 minutes of Final Fantasy XII. And I've seen Final Fantasy XIII, and that's the three-part series. And I have played Final Fantasy XIII Lightning's Return, and that's what got me interested back into the Final Fantasy series. It was a pretty good game. And it's a lot of fun to play. So, but I haven't played fourteen yet either. Oh, and speaking of MMOs, uh, Tuesday, the um, one Tamriel update hits for ESO. So, if any of you were ESO fans or are w- looking for a good chance to jump in, now would be the time. Yeah, I I'm gonna try to get back into it. I just right now time is not uh, my friend, but. Uh, it looks like a good time to work on it. Well, also, uh, Star Wars is... Uh, I don't know if you've seen... I Dan, you have. I Matt, I don't know if you've seen the uh, new trailer for the second season of the, their episodic content, um, Knights of the Eternal Throne. The trailer is pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it made me want to play to just know the story. Well, you should. I mean, the episodic content is really, really, really good. Um, and basically, from where your character was, at least uh, Matt, not you, but Dan, where where we left off before, I could get you within maybe a couple hours to be ready for, for that content. And yeah. uh, you can go to town on it. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, I want to say... like. Each episode is a little bit different. Some are longer than another, but I'd say it's probably maybe like an hour or two per episode. Um, and then there are 15 episodes of season one. Um, so it's something that, you know, you're not going to do it in a single sitting. Right. Unless you really feel like powering through it. But yeah, uh, but yeah it's, uh, it's, it's a cool storyline. And it's a cool way to to take the game for the future. I like it a lot. Yeah. And the beauty of it is, you know, one of the complaints that I've had about the game for a long time is that, you know, some companions are really awesome, some companions just hate and wish you could kill. Well, they make it possible to kill some of those companions. Oh, really? Yes. (laughs) Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. There are a few that are like, nope, nope, you're dead. 
you're, you're not joining my team. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I'm not sure that I would kill my companions just because I hate them. I'm one of those kind of nerdy completionist types where I still want to have them, even if even if I didn't ever want to use them. Well, see, that's what multiple characters are for. You have, you know, your one completionist character, and then you have another character that's like goes after every single person you hated. Ah, very nice. Well, uh, since last time we spoke, uh, we have new images and some more details about the Wolverine 3 movie, which looks like it's going to be called Logan. Um, I'm, you know, the old man Logan isn't interesting stuff in the comics, but uh, my understanding is basically it's only set like, you know, what, 10 years in the future. So basically he went from, you know, yeah, that's weird. the same for Immortal. hundreds of years and then... Well, he does age, but very slowly, but yeah. apparently it's aging very quickly now. <laughs> I was going to say that. I didn't know it was only this, 10 years. That's weird. Yeah, this was my problem with um, X-Men Days of Future Past. For hundreds of years, Wolverine has basically looked the same. And then all of a sudden, however many years from... It's, it's not that many. It's only got to be like 10 or so, 20 years between when the X-Men universe you know, kind of starts and mm -hmm. Wolverine gets introduced to when Days of Future Past happens and he's starting to show signs of aging. I'm like, what's the difference between those hundred years of him fighting and the last 20 years? I mean, yes, the Sentinels, I'm sure, are much more dangerous than any human foes he's ever fought, but still. Well... It seems a bit unrealistic that he would start suddenly aging after this long. Well, the problems with time continuity within Fox's X-Men movies extend far beyond just Wolverine's appearance. <laughs> I mean, their whole timeline is screwed up right now. There's, there's almost no way they could even fix it at this point. And that's point. really an issue with anything. Uh, when you start doing time travel, it's just... It's so hard to get your head wrapped around it. That, and you have to write all that and keep it all in sync and man that would just be okay be so well, tough. Then, but they could have just had like one nerd on the, the team. challenge they shouldn't have done it that's yeah and that's opinion. what I'm saying yeah if you if you're not gonna do it right then yeah and realistically if you just take one halfway intelligent dedicated nerd put him on your team and like none of this it's not that hard it's really not <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are three nerds that I could think of right now who would love a job like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, so anyway, um, there's still rumors swirling that they're aiming for an R rating. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but oh, I thought it was uh, I thought it was finalized R rated. Uh, well, that's what they said as soon as uh, um. What's the movie came out? Deadpool. As soon as Deadpool oh, okay. came out, they basically made it sound like that. But that was basic. That was a that was a knee jerk reaction. Who knows if they'll actually stick with that or not by the time it's time for the movie no. to come out. I don't know if I've said this before, but my opinion of Deadpool is not that it was a successful R rated hero movie. It was a successful R rated comedy 
that happened to be about a superhero. Yeah. So the whole R rating thing definitely seemed like a knee-jerk reaction. And I'm not saying that they couldn't do that well with Wolverine, but they have not set up his character like mm-hmm. that. Right. Well, and my thing is, like, the problems that exist within the other Wolverine and or X-Men movies would not be fixed by an R rating. Now, if you feel you have a compelling story that you could tell with him that would need to be R-rated because that's who Wolverine is, he's angry, he's violent, he slices people up with his claws, you know. Well, yeah, but, but they, they haven't, they set haven't that had kind of Wolverine up. They haven't had a compelling story in any of I don't know. Yeah. I'm slightly disappointed with their movies, but you know, just give me a good story. Do it right. One way or another, just do it That's right. That's really all we want is a good story. <laughs> but a lot of directors don't understand that. They'd rather have Flash. Yeah. Yes. And speaking of bloody movies, uh, Underworld Blood Wars starts tomorrow. Uh, Dan, I imagine you'll be seeing that sometime soon? Oh, yes. Well, my future wife is starring in that, so I gotta support her. Gotta do what you gotta do. I'm sorry, Dan, nothing against your future wife, but the Underworld series hasn't been good since probably the first one. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) The first one is still my favorite one, but... Sometimes when I get hooked into a story, especially like werewolves and vampires and stuff, that kind of lore that I like, I'll watch it anyway. Still a better love story than Twilight. Yeah. That Dude, is true. The, first, the first Underworld, man, I think it would have been more successful had it came out once vampires became huge. I think it was just a matter of timing, because if it would have came out like three years ago instead of when it did, I think it would have been a much bigger hit. Well, I think it was a pretty good hit on its own, even when it did it come was. out. And the first, like I said, the first uh, Underworld, that had a pretty good story. It had, you know, the plot twist, the betrayal, the, um, the what's, she, she kills her, her mentor at the end for betraying her, basically. I don't Spoiler. know what you'd call that, but. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I refuse to accept spoiler <laughs> responsibility on a movie that's what, been out for however long that movie's been out. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm hey, editing that out of the podcast. Darth Vader by the way. is Luke's father, by the way. <laughs> you know, I'm editing that out of the podcast, and by that I mean everything you've ever said. <laughs> no spoiler alert tag for that one. <laughs> But anyway, that one had a compelling story. The second one was not terrible, but I wouldn't say that it was good either. After that, though, they they were just all over the place, and yeah. they weren't even enjoyable to watch. Yeah, the third the third one was there three with uh, Kate Beckinsale's character, or just the first two? I think. Three. Okay, um, so if there's remember, one where they I've focused seen, on the lichens. I've seen two on TV, and then there was a. I think a third one came out in movies that I haven't seen that had her in it. So okay. she was in the original. Then there was the second one, Underworld uh, Evolution. Maybe I don't remember, 
the, she was in those two. Then the third one came out, and it was about the werewolf guy, Lucian or whatever. That was his origin story, and that was terrible. Yeah, that um, one was really bad. Then they brought her back for Underworld something, the fourth one. Awakening. Awakening, where oh, she that's had right. her daughter with, what's his name, Michael or something like that. Yeah. I couldn't get past like five minutes of it it was it was just awful. that one was pretty bad <laughs> and it was very cheaply made too i remember right because i remember uh the very beginning when she escapes the hospital or whatever it just looks so bad yeah yeah the budget for that was 70 million it looks like mm. um, so yeah, anyway and the first one was 2003 so yeah 13 years ago so yep. if you haven't uh seen it and by I now I love the first one. Like, loved it. Probably watched it that was, thing. It was a good movie, and I it deserved a better series of sequels than it, it did. Got. Yeah. Well, who's the uh, studio that releases that? Isn't it a Sony studio? They're just gonna cash in. I don't know. Yeah. Distributed by Screen Gems. Oh, okay, Screen Gems. So it's probably not a Sony studio then. Which is a division of Sony Pictures. Oh, it is. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So you were right. Good job, Dan. Boom. <laughs> well, and uh, also in other vampire-related movies, um, Wesley Snipes has been claiming that uh, Blade might be happening again. Marvel seems not so interested anytime soon. I'm guessing it's probably him just hoping he could pay his tax <laughs> debts now that he's out of prison. Well, he has that TV show, so <laughs> that should be helping him pay something. Oh, wait, no, maybe it got canceled, actually. It probably did, because I didn't see anything on it. Never mind. They, he had a TV show last year, but yeah, it's canceled. It would be back on TV by now if it wasn't. I I don't know. That's another one where I liked the first one, and I think it had a lot of room to grow. And I don't. I never followed the Blade comics. I don't know anything about them. But again, the sequels were just disappointing. Blade Two has been on Netflix for months now, <laughs> and I still haven't watched it. If the first Blade was on, <laughs> I would have watched it. The second Blade, eh, it didn't do it for me. Um, was it the player you're talking about, Dan? Yes, the player. Yep. Yeah, it was 2015 only. There's only no, only nine episodes ever made. Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. I, I was watching it, and they must have obviously they canceled it mid season, and I didn't even realize it. Uh, so yeah, they have uh, Amber Heard's outfit uh, for Queen Mira. Um, is out, and well, it looks kind of cool, and well, Superman's black outfit uh, looked pretty sweet. I'll homeless kind of Superman. What's he that? Like, I thought he looked like Homeless Superman <laughs> in that picture. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, the the one I saw was just it was just a black, uh, a close-up of the black chest piece. Oh, okay. The, the one I, I saw, it was, uh, he had a big old bushy beard and long hair and wearing the black suit. <laughs> well, that's one of the storylines. That's like one of the storylines. It is. Um, so I'd actually like to see Superman with a beard. I don't know how yeah. he shaves, but uh, um, in um, the cartoon, he uses a kryptonite uh blade thing. But uh, you know, I'll I'll revert to what I said about Wolverine with these. The outfits to me look cool. Just give me a good story. It, it just get give. 
DC, yeah, give dude. me a good story. Freaking, yes. uh, what was the last Wolverine? Was it three? That was terrible. It yeah, was that's... the Wolverine. I have it. I've got the, it. Was it the Wolverine? The Wolverine. Yes, it was. It was the Wolverine. And I think it was better than the first, like, solo Wolverine Yeah, movie. the first one was terrible. But oh. it still was not all that good. And there was a lot of plot holes that, again, they just, they need some nerd checking their storylines. <laughs> they really, really do. Yes. I, I don't understand how in a company that huge they don't have one employee that says, hey, I know a lot about comic books. Let me tell you all the things you're doing wrong. Yeah. Well, wait, I'm not even so worried about that. I mean, it, the, I would would be nice to sort of follow the comics, but just like some sort of logical consistency. <laughs> That's, yes. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, just DC, give me a good story. I don't care if it's dark. I don't care if it's happy. Just give me a good story. Um, Outfits are cool, but yeah. Speaking of good stories, though, uh, Sigourney Weaver has been cast as the villain for the Defenders. Uh, yep. We don't know Ooh. what the villain will be, but... Uh, uh, I, w- I read she's going to be the uh, Queen Alien or something like that. Defenders, watch out. You're in trouble. Yep. I'm glad to see Sigourney Weaver back. She took off, you know, mostly during the 90s and the 2000s, but oh, I've she did uh, liked a lot of her stuff. She did Galaxy Quest in the 90s. Huh? Which was awesome. It I was. Watch that again. One of my favorite parody films ever, actually. And she was good in it. She was. She upstaged Tim Allen, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that was a good movie. I have one job on this ship, and that's repeating the computer. And something I'm going to do it. Gosh darn it, whatever <laughs> she said. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that looks good to be good. And uh, so, Rogue One. New trailer. Uh, awesome. Give me a minute. I need to recollect my, my thoughts here. <laughs> Congratulations, Dave. You broke Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't me. It was just a trailer. Was, oh. Can it be December yet, please? Please? December? There's, please? Whoever. Okay, this is the thing. Whoever they have working at Disney right now, making these decisions for Star Wars and Marvel... They need to give them a raise that's permanent and forever sign them onto the payroll because insane. Like, they're just hitting all the right marks. It's crazy. Well, and I, I know, Matt, you might want to elaborate this, but like you were talking before, and we've, we've agreed with you before about how, uh, you know, it's nice to see Star Wars that's not necessarily completely focused on the Skywalkers. Yeah, I, I've i said it before, and I know I brought up, like, you know, Knights of the Old Republic. It really annoyed me how there was a Yoda character as the head of the Jedi Council again. I've been there. I've done that. I know Yoda. He's awesome. Give me something new. Please give me something new. And Rogue One looks to be giving us something new. Although his character was fairly minor, I mean, Knights of the Old Republic had so much original stuff, I'm willing to forgive a well, weird Yoda character. Alright, here's my other thing, too, about pretty much every Star Wars game ever. Why do all of the ships look like the Millennium Falcon? Seriously. <laughs> okay? Yeah, yeah, every single freaking ship looks like the Millennium Falcon. And every smuggler dresses Falcon. like Han Solo. 
But I don't want to drive the Millennium Falcon. Han Solo drives the Millennium Falcon, okay? So, yeah. I'm not 100% sure on some of the storyline points that it brought up. It Like, it mentions that her father used to work on the Death Star or something like that. Uh, apparently he is the... He created it. Uh, well, he is important be, for it, at least. Be how many years old? Because... Assuming the canon stays the same, which I it should, in my opinion, after they obliterated everything else, at least the movies can be sacred. Um, they had already des- started designing it at the end of Revenge of the Sith. They had the plans for it. Yes. So I'm just wondering how he would fit into it, because well, it seemed like it was designed by the Genotians, the little bug guys. There's there's a so. thousand ways they could do that. You know, you could have a design for like I just as an example, I have well, designed yeah. this really powerful laser rifle, but I can't get it to but focus you're not properly. An engineer, so you don't and have, so a I have to, to build it. Like and every time you know, there there might be one little thing with just the 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 laser focusing or the propulsion systems or something else that they're just not getting right where, you know, they kidnap him to handle that one specific problem. You know, they could have had the whole thing designed, but just something's not working out right. Yeah. So I will just have to see how it goes, but I can't wait to meet new Star Wars characters. I love the Skywalkers to death. I thought about naming both of my children Luke. Not going to lie. <laughs> um <laughs> Very progressive of you. <laughs> but it will be a refreshing sight to see Star Wars not centered around the Skywalker family. So I cannot wait for Rogue One to come out. Yes, I would love to see uh, and We've said this before. I'd love to see a Sith movie. I'd love to see... I'd be okay with uh, Obi-Wan. Like, there's rumors that um, apparently Ewan McGregor said he'd be okay for doing a standalone Obi-Wan movie or two. And uh, I'd be okay with that. But uh, Obi-Wan is kind of hard to do. He's basically tied to Tatooine for 16 years. Well, that we know of. Well, I guess you don't appreciate the the Clone Wars. But in the Clone Wars, they talk about him him doing uh, other things. Briefly, so. yes. I, well, I think the I books did as the well. Clone Wars to be an abomination on the Jar Jar Binks level. <laughs> well, no, I mean the Clone Wars uh, cartoon. And that's what I mean. Oh, yeah, oh, but okay. in, in independent of the Clone Wars, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what the books. I I haven't read all the books, but I know he was with a Mandalorian woman for a while that he was in love with. I I think he had some adventures that weren't on Tatooine, even in the books. Um, you know, he could have kept an eye an eye on Luke without necessarily having to be on the planet the entire time. Yeah. Well, that's true, but he was it was like an exile kind of thing like Yoda went to hide on um Dagobah. Yeah, but he's an intelligent, attractive guy. You're going to get bored living in a hut on Tatooine watching some snotty kid. No, <laughs> knowing that you're not a, really a Jedi anymore. I, yeah, I, I'm i not saying I'm completely closed off to the idea, 
but they'd have to do it very well. Yeah. They'd have to be careful because basically the assumption is that, yeah, he's just been stuck on tattooing, but that's just boring. Well, that's basically the assumption as to why they skip ahead to 16 years. (laughs) It's because it was boring. They were waiting for Luke to grow up, basically. Ah. But, uh, yeah. Well, and uh, going back to expanding universes, uh, five more movies set in the Harry Potter universe, apparently. Um, Apparently, Warner Brothers is happy with how... uh, how much excitement there is around Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. And so it looks like we'll be seeing more Harry Potter universe movies. Yay. I better not say anything. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, with the budget that they're putting behind this, this looks much better than, you know, Harry Potter one did. Um, you know, it's a, it's a potentially very cool universe. I just hope they do. well. They've got some good pedigree in there, man. They got Academy Award winners and, like young Academy Award winners, so they aren't like outdated. Yeah, and Colin <laughs> Farrell's back again. Yep. Hmm, Colin Farrell, yes. <laughs> Dude, he's a good actor, though. I. It's that, really... You're right. He does. He, he sometimes picks bad roles, but he's not. He a does. Bad actor. And yeah, it's his attitude that ruined his career or delayed his career, I should say, because it's not really ruined. But um, he just didn't, uh, you know, respect respect. Hollywood enough, I guess you could say, but, um, but yeah, he's a really good actor. He's one of my favorites, but so hopefully well, he's. It's, it's still gonna be one of those. If my wife wants to go see it, I'll probably go with her, but I'm not gonna go out of my way to see it. So. Yeah. So, but otherwise, I'm very excited for Doctor Strange. The previews that I saw last look amazing. Um, I recently watched the Imitation Game with Benedict Cumberpatch in it. Amazing. Now that's about Alan Turing during the uh, Codebreaker era, right? He is spectacular in that movie, and I, uh, I hate Kira Knightingly. I'm gonna come right out and say that I did not enjoy her performance in basically any movie I've ever seen her in, and that includes Star Wars. (laughs) Benedict Cumberpatch was so good. That he made Kira Knightley not look bad in that movie. Kira Knightley was in Star Wars. Yes, she plays the uh, dummy Queen Amidala. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. I had forgotten so, that. Either that, or I was unaware of it. Yeah, you can kind of tell once you see the credits who she is. You're like, oh yeah, that is totally her. I don't think she came back and did the other ones. She was just in Phantom Menace, as far as I'm aware. But, um, yeah. So, super psyched about seeing Benedict Cumberpatch. He's an excellent actor. Um, can't wait to see his take on Doctor Strange. I think uh, this next Tuesday I'm going to go see The Accountant. Ooh. That's really the only movie uh, that I can think of right now that I'm looking forward to other than Doctor yeah. Strange. Since Jason Bourne, I... I haven't even bothered to follow the movies. I haven't seen a single one that I've been interested in until Doctor Strange. (laughs) (laughs) The summer of disappointment followed by the fall of nothing. Hopefully leading into the winter of epic awesomeness. 
with Doctor Strange in Rogue One. We'll just have to see, but, <laughs> yes. but hopefully they will end the year on a high note. Yeah. That would be delicious. I did try and watch Luke Cage. I got through four episodes of it, and then they introduced that uh, Rosario Dawson Mm-hmm. Her character crosses over from Daredevil, and I never finished seeing the second season of that, so I don't know why she's there. Well, she was also uh, she was also in Jessica Jones. Oh, her she, appearance in Jessica Jones basically explains. Her she's kind of like Cage. she's kind of like a common thread between all these heroes. Yeah, it it wasn't doing it for me. So, well, if you had watched all of <laughs> Jessica Jones, it would have made sense. Yeah. That's her mom. Yeah. She was going to see her mommy. I it still it didn't work for me. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I I just don't like television tropes like that. And gotcha. yeah, it's just too convenient that she's showing up all over the place. Why she got to be in all three of them? I don't understand. <laughs> she's a nurse, okay. But how do you think they all get yeah. together? That's a good question, but I certainly hope it's not Rosario Dawson's character. <laughs> <laughs> I might go back and finish it, but it I don't know. I watched his they got they finally got to his origin story. I think that was the fourth one. Mm-hmm. Uh the fourth episode. And it was okay, but I wish they would have done it a little bit earlier, maybe like the second episode. I know they were doing this whole setup with him and the one guy, and I, yeah, I just, I don't like a lot of the things that they do on television shows, and and unfortunately Luke Cage commits a couple of those sins, in my opinion. So, good idea, and it started out interesting enough, but I, I just didn't care for it. Uh, well, I I will I will uh, wait a moment until either we get to Dan or my portion before I jump in on my thoughts on that. But no, no, go ahead. I don't mind. <laughs> so I yeah I I mean the Rosa- the Rosario Dawson thing. You could make the argument that you made about how she appears in Jessica Jones, if I remember correctly. Um, because that's kind of basically the second superhero she would have met at that point. But mm-hmm. how she appears in... She meets Luke Cage in Jessica Jones. She already knows him at this point. Um, so, I mean, her introduction to Luke Cage is like already wrapped up and explained. Um, All right, uh, I haven't seen Jessica Jones yet either, so I guess I can take that one. And you know the thing for me that I, I before we started, I was talking to Dan with this, and uh, I love these these Netflix shows because they have thirteen episodes to do things that movies can't do, and one of the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest strength of all these Netflix shows is character development. You know, people frequently complain about the terrible villains in the in the Marvel movies or any comic book movie. I mean, the Joker has generally been the best villain in any movie, but Mm -hmm. the Marvel series on Netflix spend time getting into what makes the characters tick. So it's not just some absurd character bouncing off the walls. 
I um, don't know. The guy did fire a rocket at a building. That, that seems a little absurd to me. <laughs> uh, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> and it should have worked. <laughs> Um, but, uh, no, like, but when you get into more, if you had watched more than the fourth episode, you get into the backstory of, of Cottonmouth's character and mm-hmm. his cousin's character, who's Mir- Miriam, I can't remember her name offhand. I know, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, and, and with, uh, you know, you get into Kingpin's character, uh, Fisk, and you get into the, the Punisher and some of these other things, and there's just it makes them compelling villains, whereas in the movies, it's hit or miss. In the movies, they make I, it where you're, it's very easy to be like, oh, he's the bad guy, get him. Where yeah. in Netflix, in the Netflix series, they're able to create where you can kind of um, relate to what their issues are. It's kind of like Donald Trump. Donald Trump is like the perfect villain because so <laughs> many people relate to what his issues are, but there's so many better ways of going about doing it. <laughs> that's a very good point <laughs> i i will agree with you though that the first daredevil series um their portrayal of kingpin was what really sold me on that one mm. and i don't know maybe because he's not in the second one i just haven't been able to bring myself to watch it are you sure i don't know if he's in the second Ooh. one i said i haven't watched it <laughs> but he's you, supposed you to be in prison he still exists. People from prisons can still um, be movers and shakers. Um, but you know, as I, I absolutely loved Luke Cage, and I, in terms of the heroes, I didn't know much about Jessica Jones before her series and Daredevil. I have issues with um, Jessica Jones is a hard drinker, and so it's hard for. I mean, it's hard for me to relate to some of these other characters. Um, but I really like Luke Cage. I'm as I was like I was telling Dan before. I'm, I'm kind of like I like the lawful good character, but I also like the person who's really struggling against almost insurmountable pressures around him and just trying to be a good person despite all the crap he sees. Mm-hmm. And I love that about Luke Cage. That's who he is. He's a genuinely good guy who's jaded with life, but he still tries to do the right thing. Um, and, uh, my, my biggest complaint about the show personally was they did kind of mess, in my opinion, they kind of messed up on what I said was the strongest thing with character development. Um, once they introduced Diamond back, which is later on in the series, I felt he was a weak character. No, I agree with that. Well, I mean, like I said, I only watched the first four episodes, but they were hinting at him from, I think, the first episode, even. Yes. The one guy or whatever that knew him from prison supposedly worked for Diamondback, I think. Yes. Yes, he did. So. And there were aspects about it that were good, but, like, his his character, his persona, I didn't feel they handled very well. Yeah, for for being how they hyped him, because they do hype him up throughout the first half of the season. How they hyped him up, he was very disappointing. Um, he did not use his brains at all. If I mean, maybe a little bit, but they made it seem like, dude, this guy—he thinks like thirty steps ahead of you, you know, type of thing. And 
<laughs> not seem really that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and where where generally the the spoilers, uh, you know, um, this can be a little bit of spoilers, but uh, all right, this gen- a spoiler alert. Spoiler yes. alert. <laughs> <laughs> Genuine, generally, they humanize the villains. I mean, not necessarily so you agree with their decisions. I explain it the way I explain sociology. Sociology is about understanding human behavior. That doesn't mean you have to agree with it. It doesn't mean it excuses it, but it's about understanding it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they do a good job of explaining and understanding where the villains come from, how they came to be. But with Diamond back, basically, you have a situation where he was close friends, and then you realize there's some more complexity. But there's nothing that explains how he went from this... There's apparently some snapping point somewhere where he went from this good friend to being this absolute lunatic. And they kind of mention it with some of the things that happened when he was when Diamondback was in prison. But, I mean, the guy, I mean, it's just too stark of a snap for me. He kind of is the crazy villain bouncing off the walls. Just nuts. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even make sense to me. And so, yeah, that's All right, so complaint. And we're still in the spoiler alert section here, guys. Um, I'm guessing that he is then the father of the boy that got killed in the second episode or whatever no go or something unrelated oh okay he is related well, to somebody but the he... thing they uh i don't understand the nicknames diamondback is a snake cottonmouth is a snake I don't think that's why they named him Cottonmouth, though. So I assume they were in the same crew because they both had snake nicknames. It was, yeah, it was his nickname that he got when he was, uh, yeah, when he was younger. I can't remember why he didn't like the name, though. It was because it was a nickname, but. Well, it was something about he had lost some teeth and was and yeah. spoke funny or something like that. Yeah, that was it. And so it sounded like he had cotton in his mouth. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I just thought that the parallel between that being a snake nickname and then Diamondback also being a snake nickname, I assume they must have been in the same crew. Yeah. And that would have made him then that one kid's father. So Yeah, but no, that that wasn't something that no, he wasn't anybody's father. Okay. Luke, I am not your father. <laughs> <laughs> um but no and spoiler I, alerts <laughs> i really like it a lot i would actually like to theoretically you know if if we have people interested in in doing one of these like a an episode just about luke cage partly because of the sociologist in me loves you know a lot of the things they did with it but uh I can Dan, try and watch the rest of it. <laughs> uh, but Dan, I know you had said some things before we started. Was there, was there anything else you wanted to add about Luke Cage? Um, we already touched on the uh, Diamondback part. <laughs> that was that was rough to watch. The hardest part, the final, the final uh, confrontation, just did not have the effect it was supposed to. I th- I think what they were going for for me, it did not have that effect. And then the other thing I mentioned was just uh. 
using hip hop during action scenes just does not click for me. Um, and so that just every time they did that, it just <laughs> bugged me. But um, I blame the Matrix. Every action scene has to have techno music in it after the Matrix. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I like I like techno music in action, and I like rock music for some reason. And this is part of it too. I think is they were using hip hop, but they were using words in the hip hop too, and that just is just doesn't work for me. I don't know. It just is weird. Um, it's just something. A part of it is probably because I'm not a big fan of uh, hip hop anymore, like I used to be. But um, so that could be part of it. And then the other thing is. It just doesn't work. I, I feel like hip-hop just doesn't work for action scenes at all. But um. but I, I did like the imagery of you know him him walking up to a building, yeah. putting in his earbuds, and then going to and town. Don't go to town on people. I, yeah, I love totally. the imagery of that. It's like, right, yeah. That scene was pretty cool. I'm yeah. not going to lie. It took him three episodes from where they showed us him going into the building to yeah. get to the building. Another yeah. thing that kind of annoyed me. And that was but, one of the better. Uh, that was one of the better com- combat scenes too in the in the series. That was the other thing. I feel like with uh, low budget TV shows like they do for Netflix, I feel like these super strength characters they just uh, they don't know how to do the scenes appropriately. And that one actually showed his strength. He was using his strength appropriately. Like that's why I like that scene, that fight scene so much. But so often I. Um, there's so many things he could do with his strength during fighting people than he does that just annoy me. <laughs> and so, yeah, it just bugged me sometimes. But not that I didn't like the show at all. It's just, I feel like that's just something that they struggle with in general. Because Jessica Jones was the same thing. Same problem with their fight scenes. They just most of the time weren't that great. Yeah, and I think I I agree with you even more for the Jessica Jones point because she's not bulletproof. I mean, Luke Cage can pretty much do whatever he wants. Yes, uh-huh. yeah. at at least until you know later in the series where you realize what's going on. But uh, right. um, while he while he's completely bulletproof, um, you know he could do he could. You know, walk in there and do whatever he wants in a fight, but Jessica Jones really can't because she's not bulletproof. Yeah, she has and, to get rid of people as fast as she can. And so, yeah, I I find that I completely agree with that as a problem specifically for Jessica Jones because, you know, you throw someone on the ground, they pull out a gun, and yep. they're out of reach of you now because you threw them yep. across the room. You don't, you don't have super speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, so I hope that. I hope there's some more thought put in because Daredevil, my goodness, Daredevil has amazing fight scenes. Like that's some of the highlights of season one and season two is their choreographed fight scenes. Like they do such an amazing job. In in the second season, it was that uh, one shot um, stair sequence. Yes. And in the first se- season, it was that one shot hallway sequence. Those are like he's rescuing the kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, those are like those the highlight amazing. fight sequences in both seasons where people. That's what people talk about. But you don't have any any fight scenes. Uh, the building actually for Luke Cage is probably the highlight of the season. But uh, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just in Jessica Jones there wasn't any. I I remember after the season was done, I was like that just never really paid off for the combat. But um, well, I imagine Iron Fist, given the nature oh, of the creature, that one should have some pretty sweet even, combat. 
Even in the trailer, they show that one scene where he punches the guy through the wall or whatever, and it just looks sick because he's using that. I can't remember what they call it in the cartoon. His Is like it the chi. His he uses a six punch uh, technique thing, and he calls it something in the cartoon. But uh, <laughs> but you can just tell that's what he's using on the guy. But when he does it, and then the guy just in the next shot is flying through the wall. He's just like, oh yeah. But um, yeah, Iron Fist has got to. I mean, dude, it's a it's gonna have kung fu, so they got to do something to. I'm really excited for Iron Fist. That's should be really good, and I'm really excited for Punisher. I'm really glad they came out on top on that one. But but no, I I, I like Luke Cage. I just felt like uh, yeah, there was some just some decisions that they made that could have made it better if they made the right decision. But but some of that has to do with just my own taste too. So. Yeah, and I don't want to get into it too much, but basically I would have done the last episode almost entirely differently. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, but we'll get into that. Yeah, assuming we ever do a, a Luke Cage episode, we'll get into that then. Mm-hmm. All right. But uh, independent of the final episode, I think this was my favorite series just because I felt, you know, I, I, I can't personally, I, I enjoyed Jessica Jones as a series. That's I just couldn't identify with her. I and. Mm-hmm. You know, the Punisher is awesome, but I'm not, you know, a Punisher guy. I, you know, I could identify with, I, I just, I like that I could identify with one of the heroes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I hears you. Very nice. And I do um, agree with you guys. It would be awesome to see a Spider-Man cameo in one of those shows. Yeah. <sighs> totally. Yes, it would. Mostly um, just because I want to see more Spider-Man, but that's, yeah, that's and plus, my own problem. Plus, it makes sense because Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man kind of uh, kicked he kicked off the whole superhero, the new resurgence of superhero films in my mind with the Spider-Man in two thousand one or when. No, yeah, you're absolutely correct. The original Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. Yeah, that's really what started this whole movie culture that we have right now it was well, that one movie I would say Blade sort of suggested it then X-Men was before Spider-Man um, yeah but Spider-Man was like a whole other level of success though yes I mean X-Men yeah. was big but Spider-Man yeah. was good exactly yeah and uh, but so there's that going for Spider-Man being in these and then also Spider-Man is actually connected to these characters. They're all in New York. Yeah, it's that same area. Yep, and a lot of them are inspired by Spider-Man. So, I mean, it just totally makes sense that it would just be really cool to have that type of um, cameo. And it's more than just a surface cameo. You know, there's so much more to it than just having him sitting there. But um, Okay, now, but yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Cool. I'm going to derail this again. This is something I just thought about. And... I don't remember them doing it so much in Daredevil, but I do remember it being there. I don't know what the deal is. I'm sure it's some kind of stupid legal mumbo-jumbo, but they all keep referring to the Avengers thing as an incident. Yeah. That bugs me so much. (laughs) Why can't they just say, when the aliens rain down from the sky... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, they do specifically mention a like um, Luke Cage specifically mentions aliens attacking yeah. like just people people in the show. I don't know if it was him, but I kind of um, I kind of think of it like how we give nicknames. Like uh, instead of saying uh, 
um, I'm going to try to use the best reference I can think of off the top of my head, but like Benghazi, instead of saying the the time that uh, those guys died at the embassy, protecting the embassy, the four guys died at the embassy, we just call it the Benghazi. Everybody knows what you're talking about when you just say Benghazi. Uh-huh. And so the incident is just a faster way of just talking about Well, they could have come up with a happened. less stupid name than the incident. It does make it <laughs> seem like minimalized or whatever, but... Yeah. Yeah. Because, dude, that's when, according to this universe, Something aliens like were discovered. I mean, you know, yeah, it was like, like come on. we know we're not alone now. I guess they kind of knew with Thor, but Thor was different because they, they treat them he like gods. He was kind of under wraps, I suppose. But, yeah. <laughs> but still, yeah, it, it definitely could have more of a uh, epic name. But at the same time, and yeah, I can see what they're going for. Well, and it also kind of begs the question. I mean, the, the, the name is part of it, but also, like... You would wonder how people in reality would react if something like that would happen, mm-hmm. because it seems like everyone's aware of it, and occasionally they bring yeah. it up, but it's almost like they don't want to, they because yeah. once you open that can of worms... What else is there to... And yeah. so it's, it's kind of like, you know, let, let's just not even think about that unless we're forced to... So we've discovered for sure that we're not alone in the universe... But we don't like that idea, so we're just not going to talk about it. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we do that with politicians and the crap uh-huh. that they pull. And, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff about our in, – in real life. We know there are things that are dangerous for our society or for our environment or for our personal health. Mm-hmm. And yet we continue doing the things that damage our personal health or mm-hmm. damage our environment. We, we know yeah. about them, but we don't want to think about them. But yeah, so I mean, um, I'll get back to you in a minute since you know it was actually your stuff you were talking about, Matt. But uh, the only thing um, I've been watching aside from that is I've been trying to catch up on some of the um, comic book stuff. Uh, I I haven't seen the second episodes yet of Flash or Arrow. Um, first episode of Flashpoint, I was greatly disappointed with the complete and total lack of Thomas Wayne. Um. So yeah, they uh they moved through it pretty quick too, surprisingly. Yeah, they did. Well, they I mean they had done. My understanding is like the the shock restart of Flash after he gave his powers to um, Zoom last season was mm-hmm. basically from Flashpoint. So they had kind of done that already. Um, but yeah, I don't think they really, at least in terms of what we've seen yet didn't do anything from the comic Flashpoint except for you mess with time, bad things happen. Uh, yeah. And we'll be seeing a lot of that this season. Yeah. My only my only experience with Flashpoint is just from the animated movie. I didn't read any of the comics or anything, but Yeah. But uh but it's it, it is cool to see how it's not just affecting the Flash, but it's also affecting all the shows so far. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's that is pretty cool. That's one thing I like about them all being on the same network and doing that kind of stuff. They can do some cool crossovers. So everybody listening out there, do not screw with time, especially right after the Speed Force tells you not to screw with time. Yep. I it's just a bad say, idea. I'm going to be one of those people, if the Speed Force tells me not to do it, it's pretty much the first thing I'm going to try and do. <laughs> the good thing is you'd I'm be the only person that would know, though, so just don't tell anybody if you do screw it up. 
<laughs> but yeah, so that's that's pretty much all I've been watching so far. Yeah, I I'm in the same boat. All those uh, I've been watching. Probably my favorite show right now is Westworld that started a couple weeks ago. And as typical HBO fashion, it's just amazing. I'm excited yeah, need, to see where it goes. We need to go. We need to watch the uh, the old Westworld movie with Yul Brenner and yes. uh, do a review on that. Yeah, I uh, I did not know this going into the show, so I found out after. But it is a real time. The show is a real time advancement from the movie. The time the movie came out, so it's thirty plus years or whatever it is since the movie came out of this world advancing so that's where we're at in the show for hbo so that makes me curious if anthony hopkins character i i don't know his name yet i i I know they've said it in there i just i'm not as familiar with the characters yet but uh um i'm curious if he is in the westworld movie as a character or not but well let's find out yeah i'm definitely down because i i looked into it once i found that out i was like dude i want to watch that now and nothing streams it, so. Well, uh, yeah, nothing streams it for free, but um, we could just rent it off of Amazon. Um, yep. It's not on Amazon Prime free, but you could rent it off of Amazon. Yeah, I'm down for doing that. And it's got Yul Brenner. You can't go wrong with Yul Brenner. Yeah, he's just such a good guy. <laughs> and his head was so shiny. <laughs> oh, I think I already talked about... Didn't I talk about... Uh... Last time I talked about um, the uh, ex- um, Exorcist, I already brought that up before, right? I think you did, yes. yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about it. It is really good, though. I'll plug it again because it's that good, but really good. My goodness. The only other thing that I've really been watching, Netflix has the Robotech series. I don't know if any of you guys watched oh, that yeah. when you were younger. Yep, it's on my so list. So I've been going through and watching that again. Um, it doesn't hold up so well. (laughs) It's set in 1999 when the uh, show starts, and by 2009, we're being invaded by aliens. So, (laughs) you know, 2015 and all that. But, but it's definitely one of the classic anime type. you know, series, and we wouldn't have a lot of the content that we do now without it. So, it's it's not particularly fast paced, but it's worth watching if you like classic anime. So, mm-hmm. I would is. recommend that to you. And they've got the whole series. It's like some uh, fifty episodes or something like that, maybe even more. I thought it was like a hundred something. Yeah, maybe it is yeah. more. It's it's a lot. They go it through is. the whole the whole spiel. I I'm still only in the the very first. I think I'm in like number nineteen or something like that. So, but yeah, Touch <laughs> Robotech, great classic anime. Not as good as like Cowboy Bebop, but uh, it's like how can anything beat Cowboy Bebop? I don't know. Yeah, I feel I just bad. Don't I got know. I got into Cowboy Bebop like right before it stopped on adult swim well and uh maybe someday i'll let you borrow my my uh cowboy bebop on video but probably not 
<laughs> no offense, Dan, but <laughs> oh. I, if I had to choose between saving my Cowboy Bebop DVDs on my children, I would pause for a few seconds. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least three seconds. At least three seconds. <laughs> Cowboy Bebop, everybody. Amazing pinnacle of anime. I, I have not seen anything better since. All right. Thanks so. for coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just discussed and you discussed this so, isn't part of the podcast yeah. I'm talking about. Okay. I just want to make sure you aren't recording for... I am recording. I'm recording everything you say and everything you think. <laughs> no. I have cameras in your in room. bathroom. <laughs> I have three or four microphones in your bathroom. I don't want to miss any of that. Yeah. That is Singing in the shower. That's what I, I'm selling CDs of that, by the way. <laughs> and you're not going to see a penny of it. Neither are you. <laughs> <laughs> I had to mute myself. I'm still laughing, as you can tell. That was great, Dave. That was great. You win the podcast with that joke.